and welcome to Game Breaking Feature, the podcast where we analyze and discuss common elements of modern video game design and development. My name is Stephen Bennett, and in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about difficulty settings in video games. How hard is too hard? How easy is too easy? How medium is too medium? To help me answer these questions and many more, it's my good friend Jared Bruner. Jared, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you? Living in constant fear of nuclear annihilation. I mean, are you really living if you're not in fear of that? I don't know. You know, I, I say that kind of joking, but uh, my work is right next to some train tracks. And when a train goes by, most of the time I think, well, this is it. This is, this is, <laughs> this is the end. It's happened. Well, you know, living in Southern California, I uh, get sent a lot of articles about the big one is coming. All of Los Angeles is going to fall into the ocean. Oh, earthquakes. And, uh, yeah, and I've had a few earthquakes out here since I've been out here. Um, so every time like a low-flight helicopter comes by or a truck rolls by my window, I'm like, well, this is it. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's weird. I got I wonder, a first aid kit with some band-aids in it. I'm, I'm all set. I wonder what it is about the, you know, the, the human condition that we're just always ready for it to all be over. One can only hope. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about hope. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Game Breaking Feature, uh, the very first episode of Game Breaking Feature. Uh, this is a show where we are going to be discussing uh, common elements of modern video game design and development, like the intro stated. But because this is the first episode, uh, we wanted to take a little bit of time and discuss why we're doing this podcast. What's what's the point of all of this? Um, so I'm, I'm just going to ask you bluntly, what qualifies you to talk about video game design, Jared? Uh, absolutely nothing. My my zero years of video game uh, design uh, work experience, but uh, I do have you know almost thirty years of of playing games experience. I I don't know. I've I've seen a lot of shit, and uh, I th- I think I have a pretty good handle on what I feel is good design uh, versus bad design versus lazy design. So um, coming from I come from a film production background. So, uh, technicals and stuff like that. I don't know. There, there's some common language there, but, uh, eh, other than that, it's just, uh, figured whenever we get together, the two of us, we end up talking about anyways, we might as well just record it. And, uh, sometimes we have some uh, interesting things to say. Yeah. I think it's important for us to be upfront with the fact that neither of us have any real experience in game design. I, right, and mostly everything we're, we're going to say here is just going to be opinion, so yeah, and don't I, take it for gospel. Yeah, I hope that really, really comes across. I mean, there are definitely going to be times where I'm going to speak with some sort of authority, and uh, I hope that people know that it's not <laughs> it's not real authority. It's uh, it's bravado, I suppose. Um, so, what's our goal here? What, what are we? I mean, there's a million video game podcasts out here. What are we? What are we trying to accomplish other than you know just talking about the newest and latest? Well, I would like to uh, generate discussion probably more than anything. I mean, the ultimate goal is through discussion, hopefully we can create an environment where better video games are made. Uh, that's the ultimate goal is to, by talking about these things, by analyzing these things that uh, I think are so common, we often dismiss them, um, that in the future, hopefully it, it, it actually impacts the industry. And that I mean, that might seem a little far-reaching, but if, if we're talking about the the grand goal of this podcast, that's what I'm shooting for. 
Sure. Yeah. And, you know, we're both professionals in our 30s and we would like to just, you know, take time out of our day to talk about it because it's fun. But also, like, I want to hear from people who listen to the podcast uh, and, and get a conversation going that way. Just uh, reach outside of our, our immediate social group as it is and, uh, you know, just have a conversation about uh, some video game designs that we think aren't so good and some that uh, I think raise the bar for other games. Yeah, again, we, we, we talk about this podcast like it's a discussion. And on the podcast, it's you and me. And then hopefully down the line, we'll be getting some guests in here to talk about video games. But really, it is also a discussion with the, the community, the people listening to the podcast, the people who are also passionate about video games. And there are going to be a lot of times where you and I disagree with one another, uh, where the people listening to this podcast will disagree with us. And uh, I welcome all of that. Uh, I think as long as everyone is respectful and responsible about the way that they communicate their opinions, um, then then this is you know then this will be a positive experience and will hopefully have a positive impact on on us as gamers and again hopefully on the industry. Yeah, we're talking about video games. I mean, it's supposed to be fun, right? Yeah, but some people get really worked up, man. Did you see all the stuff with that? Uh, Zelda review? No, which one? The well, so I wish I could. I'm trying to come up with this off the top of my head, but there was a a guy who rated Zelda like I think a seventy percent, the new Zelda Breath of the Wild, and it shut it, down it, everything. It dragged down the uh, Metacritic score from like a ninety eight to a ninety seven, and like people were threatening. Like I, I think it was up to like threatening his life, but I think there were threats of like doxing him. Uh, his his personal website, I think, was DDoS attacked. Yeah, so. there's some not so classy people out there, but um, so let's try <laughs> let's try to avoid that. Uh, I have not played Zelda yet, but I'm sure it's a great game. Um, well, to help our listeners try to get a better idea of us, what's uh, what's your favorite game or what's your favorite type of game to play? Uh, it really just depends. Uh, kind of like what's going on in my life at the time. Um, I used to be really heavily into JRPGs growing up. Uh, most recently, been playing a lot of uh, open world games. Those, those are very much in vogue. Horizon Zero Dawn is uh, one of my most recent uh, favorite games that I've been playing. I feel like we've followed similar trajectories as far as our uh, our game experiences go. Because my favorite video game of all time, uh, I would probably say, is Final Fantasy VII, which people who listen to more and more episodes of this show, I'm sure we'll get tired of hearing me talk about. Um, but yeah, more recently, I've been enjoying the competitive online games, games like Destiny, and most recently, uh, Overwatch has been my the big game I've been investing a lot of my time and getting good at. Yeah, and that's kind of like, a, a, you know, a direct reflection of where we are in our lives. Like, JRPGs back in the day were a lot of fun, but uh, there's also a lot of grinding and stuff like that, which I don't necessarily have the time for, so... Any experience that I can sit down and play for half hour, whatever, and still get enjoyment out of, um, that that seems the type of thing that I've been gravitating towards lately, just by necessity. But uh, there aren't a lot of games that I just actively stay away from. Excellent. Well, I, hopefully that gives our listeners some sort of idea uh, about who we are and what we hope to accomplish with this podcast. Uh, again, I would like to sort of circle back around to the first point, which is we're not experts on video game design. We're, we're talking about this from the uh, perspective of p- 
people who play video games, not people who design video games. So at least speaking for myself, uh, I'm going to be talking about the things that I want to see in video games. And then it's up to the people who make the video games to uh, either implement those things or more likely than not just completely ignore me. Right. Yeah. We're just going to take a look through some of the more popular mechanics through a critical lens and uh, just kind of talk it out and see and see what comes of it. Well, today we're going to be talking about difficulty settings in video games. Uh, and to kind of kick us off a little bit, I got some trivia for you, Jared. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. It's not, it's not really hard. Um, so Cue the trivia music. No, don't cue the trivia music. Oh. Um, so what I have here, I've got the names of the easiest difficulty settings for four different video games. I'm going to give you the, all four names, and I'm going to give you four games, and I want you to see if you can match up the... The, uh, the name for the easiest difficulty setting with the game that it originally came from. Does that, Got it. that make sense? Got it. Okay, cool. So first one is Piece of Cake. Second one is I'm Too Young to Die. Third one is Easy. And fourth one is Can I Play Daddy? <laughs> so again, those are Piece of Cake, I'm Too Young to Die, Easy, and Can I Play Daddy? And the video games that you have to choose from are Quake, Wolfenstein 3D, Doom, and Duke Nukem. So kind of the the four big first-person shooters from uh, late 80s, early 90s. Okay, I'm going to guess that Too Young to Die is Doom. Nailed it. Um, what was the one about Daddy? Can I play Daddy? That's Duke Nukem. Ah, Do you have a sound oh. effect you can edit in there? Sure, we'll find something. Just leave it. How, just leave it how it is, with the audio <laughs> peaking all over the fucking place. <laughs> uh, so, can I play Daddy? Was actually Wolfenstein 3D. So you're that one is missing. I uh, that was one that I did not play back in its back in its heyday. The uh, your remaining choices are Piece of Cake and Easy. Uh, when, and what were the other two games? Uh, you've got Quake and Duke Nukem 3D. Hmm. Piece of cake, is that Duke Nukem? That is Duke Nukem. There we go. And then and easy was that, Quake. Huh. You would have thought Quake would have had something, uh, some flavor to some it. Some clever title. I know, that's what I, when I was researching these, that was, uh, I was kind of surprised it was just, it was like easy, medium, hard, and then like hard plus or something like that for Quake. Um, yeah, so this actually kind of leads into, I guess my first question is, what was your first experience with uh, difficulty settings in video games? And the reason it sort of leads into it is because of what you said about uh, Wolfenstein 3D. The easiest difficulty setting on that one was Can I Play Daddy? Which I remember very vividly from my childhood. Um, I, I played Wolfenstein 3D at my next door neighbor's house. And I remember that difficulty setting because next to it was an image of the protagonist with a like pacifier in his mouth. Oh yeah, yeah. They they actually carried that over to the the recent reboot of Wolfenstein, um, with the with the pictures and everything. That's funny. I should have remembered that. Yeah, that was so. That's sort of my first experience with, uh, at least my first memory of a video game that had a difficulty setting in it. What was yours? Mine was definitely Doom, um, because I I just remember one of the hardest difficulties being Nightmare, and how difficult that game got once you as you ramped up the difficulty uh it was very unforgiving 
I'm actually looking at the Doom, all the Doom ones. You got Nightmare, Ultra Violence is a step down from that. Step down from that has hurt me plenty. Yeah. And hey, not too rough. Yeah, hey, not um, too rough. But, and if <laughs> I remember, if I remember correctly, hurt me plenty was sort of the uh, the standard one. That's the difficulty setting that it would automatically set it to if you just fired up the game and hit play. Okay, yeah, it's been a while since I played original Doom, but uh, yeah, that that is my earliest memory of being able to change difficulties. Now, what are you playing right now that has uh, difficulty settings? Are you playing anything? Um, well, I'm going to talk about The Witcher 3 a lot, probably, um, because when it first came out, you know, I was kind of reading reviews for it and seeing what people thought of it, and a lot of people's complaints, um, as far as the gameplay went and the combat was that it seemed kind of easy, so when I started the game out, I, I already had experience with the first two games, so I had an idea of what to expect, but, uh, I automatically ramped it up to the next the step, which was just called Hard. Um, which I don't normally do when I play a new game. I like, I feel like there must be a setting that the developers intended the game to be played at. And I try to stick to that for most games. Um, you know, that, that could, some games it could change, uh, with the way they handle it. And I think we're going to explore that a little bit, but, uh, for the most part, I like to just stick with what I feel the game was designed around. Yeah. Get out of my head. Cause that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I typically play games on the medium difficulty, and it's for that exact same reason. Uh, I try to keep my experience as close to what the developers quote-unquote intended when they designed the game, and I think the normal assumption is that the medium difficulty is that. Now, what about games that have four difficulty settings? What do you do there? Um, it de- like I said, it depends on the type of game. If it's If it's something that the challenge is the main focus, then, you know, I kind of start out in the middle ground and work my way up from there to see if I want to push myself. But I would say the kind of games I lean towards aren't really designed around that. Like I'm not super big into like bullet hell games or anything like that, where I feel like the biggest draw to those is getting the most points and challenging yourselves. It's just not the type of games that I, I, I play. The uh, the correct answer to that question was the the third option up. Oh, oh, that was the answer we were looking let, for. I'm sorry. Me, I'm sorry. Let me Jared. let me put an edit point right here. Let me put an edit point. Yeah, the third one, Stephen. You nailed it. Uh, Got it. You won the you won the jackpot. Your check is in the mail. Uh, definitely, definitely keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Get your hopes way up there. Well, in and like going back to um, just how trying to pick the setting that you think the developers would would want you to play it at i can i think can be a misstep like again witcher 3 um if you just if you're playing at normal or below you can just button mash the attack button and then you're gonna get through 99 percent of all encounters uh unfortunately that kind of makes the combat pretty boring uh, versus if you bump it up then there's a bunch of other options that open up for you. Like suddenly you want to use the bombs and the traps and all of his spells um, because it actually gets harder. So it's like you're missing out on this whole other side of the game that that they actually put thought and, and balance into, but you don't need any of that stuff, you know, if you're playing normal or below. So it's kind of weird. It's maybe a misstep on the developer's point, or maybe, you know, the publisher said that, Hey, we're getting some, um, feedback from from playtesters who who think this is too hard, so maybe let's make the default normal. 
I don't know. So it definitely does seem problematic in some ways for developers to allow the players options for their their difficulty setting, especially if choosing a particular difficulty is going to wall you off from a a portion of the experience like you're talking about with Witcher 3. So I'm curious what you think the reasons are that developers include difficulty settings, uh, include the option for players to select their own difficulty. Well, it's all about balance for the individual player, right? There are plenty of games these days, and I'm having trouble thinking of a specific example off the top of my head. But, you know, they say, play at this setting if you like a challenge, you know, or that's usually like the default setting. Or play this setting if you just are here for the story. Yeah, like the, which, the, un- um, the Uncharted games, I'm sure, do that. Yeah, and I think a mass, the Mass Effect trilogy does that too. Um, so, you know, some people come to games for different reasons, and they're trying to tailor that experience around it. And that's, I think, perfectly... Uh, an acceptable way to look at it, but it's a hard thing to do. I think it's always good to have more options and less options. There's a there's a part of me that kind of agrees with that sentiment that the more options a player has, the better because they can tailor that experience to their skill level. But there's also a part of me that thinks that there should definitely not be difficulty settings that the player chooses in a video game. And I think it's it it in a way kind of compromises the creative vision of the game their idea for what the game should be seems like it gets screwed up when the player can can say like for right now i want to play on easy and over here i want to play on hard or i just want to play the whole game on easy just so i can get through the story that to me seems i don't know if if i was the person making the game i feel like i would have issues with that and again maybe that's maybe that's just me but i mean it, it is the same people who are adding those and balancing those options that make the game. So sometimes it just seems lazy, right? Like, oh, they just made all the enemies have three times as much health. And that, to me, just is not the way I want to be challenged in a game. I think that just that cheapens the experience. Yes, yes, absolutely. I agree 100%. But from a player perspective, it also sort of changes the way that we discuss these games. Um, if I play through Uncharted, say, on the hard difficulty, and you play through it on the easy difficulty, it, it changes the way that we have a discussion about that game. There may be things that you didn't experience or frustrations that I had that I can't share with you. So we can't have that sort of common conversation about the game because we had two very different uh, experiences while playing it because we were given the option and, and selected different things right and i think that that came out a lot with the witcher 3 people are like well this game is too easy it's like no you definitely want to play it on hard like it's a much better game to play it on hard and i think that's just a, that's a weird thing to do um it, it, i don't think that through game design you can necessarily explain that or introduce the, the player to that so it's like some people went into that with a very different uh, perspective than others so it's a it's a hard rope to walk i think um but other than just artificially increasing, um, you know, like health levels or, or resources that you pick up throughout the world, like what what are some other ways that uh, you've seen notable ways of of changing up the difficulty for players? So, I I played a lot of Destiny when it first came out, and then through the uh, the first few expansions. Uh, and Destiny. I'm sorry, you had to go through that. <laughs> yeah, good call. Uh, but Destiny, uh, it did it did things 
well as far as allowing the player to choose their own difficulty, and it did things poorly. So in some cases, it did exactly like what we're talking about, where it just overleveled the enemies. It gave them a lot more hit points. It made them do more damage to you as the player. And in those cases, I found the difficulty settings to be kind of difficult. I mean, you fight through it because you're looking for the best loot and you have to kind of sustain that experience in order to get to the best loot. But the areas that it did well are um, in their raids specifically where they layered in mechanics. It's not just that they necessarily raised the difficulty of the enemies, which they did, but they also changed the way that fights happen particularly boss fights happened in that game. Did they add phases or something? Uh, so I'll give you an example. In the King's Fall raid in that game, there was a boss called the War Priest, if I remember correctly. He has a big AoE attack that wipes your team unless you're standing in these specific areas. You're hiding behind these totems. Now, when you do that fight originally, you just stand behind a totem. He does his AoE attack. It destroys the totem. And then you go back to fighting enemies and shooting the boss. But when you ramp the difficulty up to the hard version of that raid, when he destroys each of the totems, he gets an additional power that he can use against you. So as a team, you have to decide which totem you want to hide behind first to dictate which power he gets. Um, And that to me is an example of a good way to implement difficulty is it, it adds a layer of mechanics to the fight that didn't exist before but doesn't just necessarily make the boss hit you harder right and i'm sure that took a lot more resources to design around right like the the easy way would have been like you said just ramp up ramp up the bullet sponges but uh, that's that's like a whole new that's a whole new phase of the game that you don't see unless you're you're playing it that hard harder setting absolutely i i that's very, very true. I'm sure it would have taken them a lot longer if for every single you know, difficulty level in the game, they had to come up with new mechanics and implement new mechanics into each of the encounters, which is why I think a lot of people, when they implement difficulty settings in video games, just do the simple like, oh yeah, the, on hard difficulty, all the enemies are going to have double the hit points and do double the damage. Because that's easy to do. They just change some numbers, and it's. I say just like again, like I know anything about game design, but <laughs> just real quick, you just gotta change. You just gotta double that number right yeah. there before the semicolon, and that's game design. But I get the sense that that's an, a much easier change than actually adjusting the scenario. Um, but to me, that does not free developers from that responsibility. Does that make sense? Like, I think it it comes across to me as. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word lazy. I I, I hate to use that word because it's not it's not lazy. I'm sure they give a lot of thought to the choices that they make, but it it comes across to me as low effort to just you know increase hit points and damage and stuff like that to scale difficulty. Where I would prefer that that developers do spend the time considering thinking about the the changes that they want to make as players select the difficulty that they're looking for. Mm. How do you feel about that? I mean, where do you land on this discussion? Do you think that games should have difficulty settings for players, or do you think that they shouldn't? Because I'm, I'm definitely on the side of video games should not have difficulty settings unless it is a like, very considered choice by 
the people making the game. I mean, I'm all for having the option to change difficulty, but it has to be done responsibly. Like, I don't think anyone's going to disagree that if they if they can do it in a way that doesn't seem like they're just adding tedium to the game, then I'm all for that. Um, but yeah, like you like you said, it does change kind of the discussion that people start having about these games. Um, a game like Dark Souls, pretty much everybody is going to have the same experience with that game because it's what it is. It's Dark Souls. You're jumping in and depending on you know which which area you choose to go to first that's going to be your experience you're not going to you're not going to bump down the difficulty exactly and dark souls is a perfect game to bring up for this discussion cuz that's a game with a developer who considered meditated on the topic of the difficulty of his games um i actually have a quote here from the uh the game's director Hidetaka Miyazaki from a uh, interview that he did on VG247 He said, when you think about it, the difficulty in Dark Souls franchise so far has been something that players have eventually been able to overcome. So when I show concern to the development team, sorry, the development team members, that's why I use the term unreasonable. Basically, we don't want to go too far. It's about striking a balance. That's like, that shows a man who really, really considers the choices that he makes for his game. To the point that he he is considerate of the word difficulty, and that's something that I would like to see from more developers. And and not to, that's not to say that there aren't other developers out there who are thinking about these things, but that definitely shows the mindset of someone who is really really considering difficulty. Now, what do you think about people who will turn the difficulty setting all the way down just to get through a section of a game or all the way through a game to just sort of experience the story. What do you think about that? I, I think it's fine. I mean, that's, it's that's not your fine. choice. No, it's not <laughs> fine. It's super, that, that, um, that discuss, it's, it's super it's, weird to me. To me. Like, it's super bizarre to me because, you know, we, we play video games because we want to have that sort of interaction with the game, right? Like, Sure. And I feel like once you crank the difficulty down to the point where you're just walking through the game, why are you not just watching a movie? Like what you have now turned off the game portion of the game. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's kind of like watching a scary movie but then muting or putting on, you know, just fast forwarding through all the the scary parts. Yeah, it so I don't I mean if that's how people enjoy playing the game, I, you know, I, I appreciate that there is an option for them to do that. It just makes no sense to me, man. If I, yeah, if I'm, I was I'm someone not who, if I was someone who invested time in making a, a game and, and, you know, it, because I'm sure a lot of times when you're making a game, you're concerned with the gameplay of that game. And then I hear someone say like, oh yeah, I just turned off the, I just turned off the difficulty. So the enemies shot like stormtroopers. And uh, I could just walk through the whole thing like that to me would that would frustrate me. Yeah, I'm certainly not one to do that. I I feel like I just I feel like when I go into a video game, I'm viewing it through the lens of someone made this game with a vision and I want to experience that vision. Um, But it's a business when it comes down to the end of the day, it's a business and they're trying to make money and appeal to the broadest spectrum of people. So giving people the option to go through and blow past parts that they find too hard, I think, uh, 
a lot of the times could come down to a business decision to trying to get people um, as many different types of people into it as possible. I agree. I mean, with this podcast, I'm sure that from time to time we're going to hear from people who say like, oh, if you want to reach more people, you should do your podcast like this. Um, I definitely had that experience when I was running my YouTube channel for a while where people would say to me, oh, your, your show is, is too long. If you want to get more viewers, you should shorten your, you know, the length of your show. And I tried to listen to as much of that feedback as I could and implement it because I, I think their, you know, feedback like that is valid. But at a certain point, you have to say like, no, this is my artistic vision for what I'm trying to accomplish. And if people don't want to sit and watch my my show for 12 minutes or they don't want to listen to my podcast for an hour and a half, um, then maybe it's just not the podcast for them. And that's like that's a mindset that definitely doesn't make you a lot of money, you know, if we're bringing it back around to video game design. But I, I think I appreciate that more. I think that the people that you reach will will appreciate your product more for sticking to your vision. And I think a game like Dark Souls and uh, Miyazaki's mentality on difficulty in video games highlights that it can be successful if you really do stick to your guns about this stuff. That's true. But at the same time, I don't know if I would consider Dark Souls a uh, like a mainstream game. You're probably like, so, probably right. You know, like people who play Call of Duty aren't, you know, I, I'm going to say Call of Duty in reference to like, I think that is probably the most mainstream game ever um, in modern times. Anyways, uh, they're, they're probably not too interested in, in Dark Souls. Um, but that doesn't say that you can you can't be into Dark Souls and Call of Duty at the same time, of course. But it's just a different it's a different type of person, I think. Um, what about some like other ways that the games handle difficulty? Like, can you think of any other unique situations other than Dark Souls where you could tell that it was at the forethought of the design of the game? Um, not off the top of my head. Why? What are you thinking of? One that comes to mind um, is the Left for Dead series. They had something called the Director AI, uh, and you know, even though Left 4 Dead was primarily a, a, a multiplayer-focused experience, uh, the game would try to make it difficult for you at all times. The better that you did throughout the level, the more the game would throw at you. And I, I really, I thought that was pretty cool. It was like, oh, like we're doing really well. Oh, all of a sudden now we have, you know, a, a thousand waves of zombies coming at us and, you know, all the special infected are chasing us. Um, or if you're really struggling, you know, and you've died a couple of times, they'll scale it back a little bit. And that could be a really challenging thing to do, I think, like trying to assume what the players wants to happen if they're failing. It, that can be a little bit presumptuous, maybe, but I felt like it always did it in a, in a really smart way. Um, so being able to dynamically scale difficulty, I think, is a is a cool way to to handle that. But then again, you know, you don't have a direct control. Also, Left 4 Dead, not really a story game or anything. So it's it's a little bit different of a situation. But I thought that was kind of a unique way to handle it. When you asked the question, that kind of mechanic for implementing difficulty is what sprang to mind. But I couldn't think of a game that did it that way. I think that that is probably closer to what I would prefer in a video game if a game is going to include scaling difficulty at all. Is something where the game makes the the choice behind the scenes for you. Let's talk a little bit about how 
saving and checkpoints can relate to difficulty in games. Um, you know, I'm going to bring up Fallout 4 as an example because I know we've both sort of recently played through that game. Um, you can ramp the difficulty up quite a bit in that uh, to the point where you need to eat and drink to survive, right? Yeah, in the survival but, mode. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, especially on PC, uh, I don't know exactly how it works on console. I haven't I played it there, but uh, quick saving is just a button press. So you can quick save every five seconds if you want to. Now, that's a player choice, right? Like, the developers can't control when the player is going to save, but they definitely uh, design the game around the idea that it's like, yeah, you can you can just save this game wherever you want. There's not really a checkpoint other than uh, the auto saves. So... How do you balance a game when the player can just save scum their way through the whole thing? Well, that's um, that's sort of a newer issue with gaming, right? Like you say that the developer doesn't have control over that, but it's something that in the past they did have control over. Well, yeah, it's a, it's obviously a, a deliberate choice, and I can choose not to do that. But if it's given to me, of course I'm I'm gonna save scum. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. I, I as far as dialogue choices and stuff, like I'll I'll stick with my with my gut. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to save scum before I walk into a room because I don't know what's going to happen. But so that's again, that's like that's sort of in the same vein as the developer allowing a player to choose their own difficulty. Right. Because they're giving you a choice and you're, ma- and you're making a choice one way or another. So maybe some of the responsibility for save scumming or some of the responsibility for your own personal difficulty choice preference is on the player, but to say that the developer doesn't have uh, any control over that, I think is incorrect. Because I think back to the days of playing like Tomb Raider, where you had to get to, I think you had to get to like cr- like crystals to save, if I'm remembering correctly. Or on Final Fantasy VII, one of my favorite games, you had to get to one of the little question mark checkpoints in order to save your game. Uh, so there are options available for developers, even if it's just checkpointing like you brought up um there are um options available to developers it's just whether or not they want to use those things at their disposal or if they want to fall back on allowing the player to choose what about games like um resident evil remember i so i'm i recently started playing through the original resident evil the hd remake um, you had to get and was man, that ink cartridges in that one you had to get yeah yeah ink cartridges and save rooms um, so that game handles difficulty in a couple of ways right like the amount of times you can the amount of ink ribbons that you find you only can save your game the amount of times of this in game item that you have and also you can only save at these very specific save rooms uh, that mechanic i would say doesn't hold up as well as i remember it it's kind of frustrating it's like well i'm playing at the normal difficulty settings i have i kind of have plenty of ink ribbons especially as you get like into the game you know a few hours into the game uh but like just i don't know it it made the game hard in a way that i felt seemed dated yeah and then i started playing i mean that's definitely like because you had to back in the day you had to save on the memory cards which had the limited number of slots and space so they had to like make it very compact the the times that they let you save and where they let you save yeah and and also the fact that you have limited inventory space so it's like i could pick up this ink ribbon and go save 
or, or you know, I, in case I want to save soon, but it's going to take up space in my inventory, which is already limited, and I'm already passing up, you know, like, there's, I don't remember there being so many items to pick up in that game, but, like, every single room has, like, five items, and you're like, oh, I'm probably going to need that later, but I don't have the room in my inventory to deal with it, so I guess I won't be saving for a little bit. Uh, and then, and then, you know, failing or dying in that game and trying to remember, oh shit, which, which rooms did I go into and, and which items did I leave behind? Where am I at now? <laughs> that can be challenging if it's been a while since you saved and there's no checkpoints in that game. Well, let's, uh, let's try and wrap up this conversation about difficulty settings. Um, well, there's, there's definitely something that I wanted to, that I want to talk about. Oh, I said that, we're wrapping it up. God damn it. <laughs> I think that we, we need to probably put at the beginning of this episode, um, where where did difficulty settings where where what is the origin of difficulty settings or difficulty in video games like i looked this did i you, tried to look this up a little bit and i wasn't able to find information on this um if i were to guess it was probably sometime around that the the time that video games left the arcades when there was no longer a reason for video games to punish you and kill you to take more quarters from you I'm guessing that once the home console was introduced was when we probably started to see difficulty settings in games. But that's just me guessing. I really have no idea. Right. Well, I mean, that if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because that's a whole different methodology of designing a video game. When you're making when you when they were making video games for arcades and bars where people were just sinking quarters into it, like that's the main goal of your game is to be addictive and uh, be difficult so people you know keep feeding the things quarters versus when you know the consoles eventually made it into the into the home markets uh, they probably tried you know certain games they they tried to continue making games the way that they used to oh yeah I mean like you look at you look at Mario I mean Mario didn't have a difficulty setting it did had it did sort of have the warp pipes as a way uh, of making the game easier for players to get through once they've reached certain points. But that game didn't have a difficulty setting. If you made it through Mario, you had the essentially the same experience as anyone else that made it through Mario. Um, yeah, if, if someone actually knows the answer to what the very first video game to have uh, the player select their own difficulty is, I would love for someone to write in and let us know. Because um, I'm actually curious to know. I, I just, Yeah, we're just kind of speculating. Yeah, I'm purely speculating. Um but I would, I mean, I like, I love trivia. So something like that would be a, would be a very welcome email if someone actually knows that. So I like this question that you have here. What do we want to see in the future? Can we touch on that? Yeah, this is a good way to kind of wrap up, I, I think, our discussion about difficulty settings is what we would like to see video games do in the future. So I'll, I'll pass it to you. What, what would you like to see? How would you like to see future video games implement difficulty? It's a tough question because I think we're still trying to figure out what video games are. I mean, there's so many different types of games now that there's not going to be a right answer for every type of of game that you're designing. Uh, but I do like the idea of the the AI figuring out how can we help the player get through this while still making it challenging. Um, but that's I, that seems like probably one of the hardest ways for developers to do that because they have to take a lot of things into consideration, a lot of a lot of variables. But 
I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a developer, so I don't have the right answer. I just know that uh, I know the ways that I, I feel are cheapening the experience, and I just want to get away from that as much as possible. Yeah, personally, I would I would like to see the industry get rid of the player choice of difficulty. Um, my ideal my ideal would be every game is like Dark Souls. Now that doesn't mean that every game is difficult in the way that Dark Souls is difficult. Um, but in that there's a uniform experience for all the players of that game. Um, so, you know, Donkey Kong Country, one of my favorite video games from SNES, every person who played that game had to overcome the exact same obstacles. There was no, There were no difficulty settings in that game. So I would like to see the industry get back towards that. Now, yeah. I don't think that that there are I think enough um like what's the word? There's like a, I think there is enough evidence that a lot of people do like choosing their difficulty. I think it has enough pros in its column to for the industry to support multiple difficulties in a game, but uh if if a game is not going to have one uniform difficulty, I would like for the game to make the adjustments for the player, something that happens behind the scenes. Uh, so like what you were saying with the, uh, the AI director of Left 4 Dead is a, is a good example. So that's sort of like, I guess, maybe my fallback answer to like what I would like to see in the future from the video game industry. Yeah, and you know, there's always the option of not playing the games that are too hard for you. <laughs> Like I just don't play I don't play Binding of Isaac or or those any of those type of roguelikes. I just I don't I'm not very good at them and I just don't enjoy them, so I just stay away from them. And I don't think that makes it a bad game. I just think it's just a type of game that I don't I'm not good at and I'm not gonna spend my time I'm not gonna spend my time with it. Yeah, and again I, I wanna echo something that we've brought up quite a bit during this episode, which is the developer considering their choices when it comes to difficulty. So if you are, if a developer is going to implement difficulty settings in a game and allow the player to choose between those difficulty settings, um, I would appreciate if, if there was more consideration given to those, each level of difficulty that goes beyond simply, you know, scaling HP and damage or ammo found on the ground, things like that. And there was, there was actual, um, more of an artistic vision for how each of those difficulty settings were implemented in that game world. Yeah, and that's it's not something that you could do at the end of the design process, in my opinion. No. I feel like that's just, it. it's going to take time, and a lot of thought has to go into it. Yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> it, 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 because it's hard to do should not be a reason that people don't do it. Sure. Good. Well, I guess uh, more or less we agreed at the end there. I'm I'm actually very, very curious to hear what uh, other people have to say on this subject matter because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that really at least disagree with my point of view because I, I, like, nope. I would like to see difficulty settings abolished completely. Nope, we, we solved it. We fixed it? The problem is fixed. All right, good. So developers, if you're listening to this, just uh, do what we said. Yeah, and if you're listening to this podcast and uh, you want to send us any questions or comments about difficulty settings in games, or uh, maybe you just want to tell us that we're idiots uh, or rant about our show, you can always email us at podcast at gbfeature.com. Um, 
in the future, we would love to read people's emails on the air and uh, keep the discussion going. What was that email address again? It's podcast at gbfeature.com. Awesome. You can also tweet at us. We have a, we have a Twitter now. Oh, yeah, what's the Twitter? Our Twitter handle is at gbfeature on Twitter. Well, how about so, that? Crazy, right? So send us, uh, send us your tweets. We want to hear from you. Yeah, going back to what we said at the beginning, we do want this to be a a conversation, a discussion, and um, there's more people that play video games in the world than just Jared and I, so if you have uh, opinions, we'd love to bring them up on the show. Uh, also, if you have ideas for any future topics you want us to talk about, you can also send those along to our Twitter or to our email, because uh, we we don't have any ideas. This was it. We had one idea. This, is, this, is, this was the we've, one. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about everything yep. that there is to talk about video games, and we're all done now. It was a good run. It was a good run, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of Game Breaking Feature. Just want to also let you know that we release episodes every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. If you like what we do and want to help us out, please head over to iTunes and give us a review. That really helps us. I also want to thank Kyle Clark for making our theme song. You can check out his podcast, This Is Rad, on iTunes. And uh, I can't say it enough. Thank you again. And another reminder, it's okay to disagree. Just don't be a dick about it. Thanks, Steve.